You're listening to episode 13 of Smart Good, a podcast show for entrepreneurs with a big heart. We help you become a leader that does more than just make money. We help you become a leader that makes a difference in a smart, thoughtful way. My name is Noelle, and on this show, I interview Todd Polanak. Now, Todd has over 30 years of both for-profit and non-profit business consulting experience. And that is why I'm chatting to him about being an entrepreneur who makes money and makes a difference. He also happens to be my dad, so the advice is free, and I'm sharing it with you. On today's episode, we are going to learn the smart way of measuring success. It's important to know that our efforts are succeeding, not just in our business, but in the good we are committed to achieve through our business. But how does one actually get an accurate measurement? Well, let's find out. Today we're talking about the smart way of measuring your success so that you know the next step. Are you going to ask a question? Yeah, I I was just thinking... um, Sometimes I think the illusion is that success is obvious. But I don't know if it always is. No, because often there's a trailing effect of success. In other words, you you can see success by looking backwards, not necessarily in the moment. Right. So how do you measure it then? So okay, let's talk about some very practical things that you can you can measure. Right. We talked in past episodes about the need to have a good accounting done of your business. Mm. And I know that that's somewhat boring and dry, but if you really don't keep good books and records and you really don't account for how what money you're taking in, what money you're spending, and what customers are really profitable and those who are not, you really don't know how successful you are. Yeah, I, I, I've made this mistake before. I thought I was making tons of money, and then when I actually did my books, I was like, oh, wait, no, actually. Yes. I'm in the hole. And what's even more remarkable is that you could be um, supposedly doing well on paper, but if you're, the way you're accounting for things is not proper, you could also still be failing. So... Having accurate, not just having books and records, but having accurate books and records and taking into account the fact that if you are a for-profit, you're also going to be paying Uncle Sam and the state of New Jersey and a bunch of other people taxes. Yeah. That needs to be considered as well. So you you need to consider your bottom line number financially to determine are you really successful? And covering everything, covering your expenses, not necessarily success. No, well, that means you're breaking even. That means if you stayed in bed that day, you would have been just as successful. <laughs> if you stayed in bed eating corn pops and watching nobody eats reruns corn. Nobody of, eats corn pops anymore, Dad. Okay, well, I'm just fantasizing about what I would do. Watching reruns of what? I was going to, I don't know, Mayberry RFD or something like okay, that. Okay, nobody knows what that is. Um, Opie, <laughs> remember Opie? He was the nope. Happy Days. Nope. No? No. I'm the Sesame Street generation. Okay, well. 
Sesame Game Street. of Thrones or something like yes, that. Yes, Game of Thrones. <laughs> eating, how about eating Pop-Tarts and watching Game of Thrones? Maybe. So anyway, if you are just breaking even right. as a business, then that means there's no profits for the owner and you're probably not taking a salary, yeah. which is going to make a whole bunch of people in your family mad because yep. you'll be living off of them or the government. So uh, the books is a very practical way of measuring your the accounting. success. And, and let's talk about that. So there are... Well, I know you like to. Oh, well. So I'm an accountant. <laughs> that's why. But there's some really simple software programs that as an entrepreneur you can start. Yeah. And there are some very complex books, the accounting systems that maybe as you're becoming more and more sophisticated, you can move to. Yeah. But start out simple. Yeah. Do you have to have an accountant? It's helpful. You don't necessarily need to have an accountant, but you do need, in other words, a, an accountant, but you do need some accounting advice. Mm. So if you can get that from some source, yeah, whether it's someone in your family like me. Yep. I got two accountants yes, in my family. Yes, my sister too, which is... Three. Oh, three, yes, yeah. three accountants. <laughs> or uh, maybe even get some advice online, but if, once your business grows to a certain point you probably do need to get an it's account. It's helpful. Yes. Because there's a lot of moving pieces. So let's talk about a really practical software product that you can purchase that everybody should should know about, which no, I'm not, not endorsing. You're not endorsing it. I'm not endorsing it. I get no money from this. And I'll tell you what the weaknesses of this software product is as well. Okay. You can uh, purchase a software called QuickBooks. I've heard of it. So QuickBooks is very easy to use. QuickBooks can be used for a small business. At a certain point, though, when your business grows, it's not really a great software product because okay. it does have some significant weaknesses in controls okay. uh, because you can go back and you can change numbers anytime you want and kind of remodel, remodify your books, which kind of causes the problem of accuracy, right? Right. But... From an inexpensive computer software program that most people could use, QuickBooks is a, a fine product. There's others as well. Yeah. And we can talk about whether it should be on your laptop or it should be in the cloud. But for the most part, you need something to keep track of your accounting, your your what the money you're taking in, the money you're spending, your customers, your vendors, etc. Okay. So, so accounting. So that's one way of measuring your success. What are some other ways? Feedback from customers. Scary. So if you subscribe to some type of app that will give you that information, I don't know what would be one, Yelp? Yeah, Yelp well, is a good one. Well, you said it with such, such passion. Well, I feel like I don't want to. I don't want to speak specifically to Yelp, but I feel like a lot of these review sites attract people who just want to complain. So good. So let's let's say let's not use the the sites. How about you yourself going out to your customers and doing a customer survey? Yeah. And finding out what they like and what they don't like. Right. Or even one on one getting feedback from them. Yeah. So if you're in a company and it's more than one person in a company, you probably it's. It, if a bunch of people are working for you and you are the owner, maybe you're the one who goes out and gets the survey done from the customer base, the right. client base. So feedback. 
feedback is will show whether or not you're successful um, and also give you the opportunity to improve on things that you're not successful in. Feedback, accounting, what else? Feedback, accounting, and just also market intelligence. In other words, are you, when you're measuring yourself, you're measuring yourself against you know, what the customers are saying about you. You're measuring yourself based upon what the numbers say, but where do you stand in the marketplace? Right. Yeah. Now, where are you among your competitors? We talked about competition earlier. Yeah. Are you uh, the low price provider? Are you the Nordstroms? And, you know, how many people are ahead of you who are your competitors? That's going to tell you your success if that's the way you're measuring it. That's episode nine. We talked about dealing with insecurity when the competition is intimidating. But you talk a lot about the benefit of of paying attention to your competition right yeah so really taking a good look and saying where are we at how are we doing compared to right the market these worthy competitors there's another place to measure success what talk to your peeps your team yep see get their get their opinion get their what they think I think that companies and business owners really miss an opportunity by talking to everybody we're talking about not just the the vps or your c-suite but the person who answers the phone the person Mm. who makes the i shouldn't say this but the person who delivers the mail right some some places have still get mail believe it or not talk to everyone and find out what they think um, you're doing well and what you're not doing well and what happens when you don't measure your success? Well, when you don't measure your success, sometimes that you're unintentionally successful. Okay. <laughs> I mean, let's kind of face it. You can still be successful but not know it. Right. But I, I do think that you will just keep on repeating the same mistakes if you don't measure your success. Uh, that's kind of the bottom line common sense. Is there ever a point where an outside consultant is helpful in measuring success? Uh, The reason outside consultants live and get paid is because they typically are the people who come in and state the obvious, but nobody listens to anyone else in the company. Hmm. So they come in and verify what everyone else is saying is true. So yes, especially a consultant that uh, knows your industry. Okay. And some and, and and the people who know your industry are usually people, not people who've studied your industry, but people who've actually done the things that you're doing. Attention, attention. We interrupt this show to bring you a good old-fashioned corny joke brought to you by Todd's granddaughter because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. When is a car like a frog? I don't know. When is a car like a frog, Olive? When it's being Todd. I think you meant Toad. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That Just makes keep, sense. That huh? keeps that keeps that keeps it lively. We'll keep that one for sure. So it could be helpful if you're feeling a little stuck in moving things forward and you may have a vague idea what's wrong getting an outside consultant can kind of be the the person that shares the bad news from an objective standpoint or can share their own past experiences 
that relate to what you're going through right now. You don't really want, uh, and again, I'm going to be careful because it, it, I shouldn't say this with absolute certainty. You don't want to hire somebody who really hasn't walked in your shoes. Mm. Someone who's just following an academic book that they bought in Barnes and Noble yeah. is not the type of consultant that you want. You want, even though they may have tools, it's helpful. You want someone who's had the same experiences that can speak into what what help you really need. I think what you're saying is valuable because right now it's saturated with so many consultants, life so, coaches, yeah, coaches, and and. You know, anybody can, I, you know. Anyone could be, a, you know what, Jakey over there sitting in a chair could be a life my coach. My dog, he could be a life He could be a life coach. He'd be an excellent one. <laughs> yes, he doesn't say a whole lot. He just listens. <laughs> he just listens. And he And he, he gets, charges $200 an hour. He charges $500 an hour plus whatever food you gave him in his plate. I do think that's really wise because this, the idea of coaching and consulting is very hot and it's great that it's become... A way of making money but not everybody has the experience that can really speak to what you need to get to the next level right and yes and so way heavily on the, the experience side as opposed to the academic side so what i'm saying to you don't discount the people with the phds and the mbas but that's not really at least for me that's not what's critical what's critical is the experience that they have and and what they've done in their lives. So just to take it to a practical level, if you're selling shoes, shoes, you don't need to hire a life coach with a PhD to help you figure out how to sell more shoes. Talk to somebody who's sold some shoes. And sold them well. well. Yes. <laughs> that would be helpful. And, and again, you don't have to sign on with someone forever. Yes. You can try different people. You can try different people. You can date around. You can date around. I'm glad you said date. That was good. I just got a great business idea that already exists. Probably already exists. You're not going to share it online, are you? No. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Remind me to come so back Noelle, to So Noel has a great idea that we're not sharing with you. <laughs> but we might actually sell it to you at some point. That's what you're saying. No, but I think that... Um, I think that's very wise. Because right now it's like, get a consultant, get a coach. But... Not everybody is going to be able to speak to what you need. So when people or when leaders and entrepreneurs, business owners practice regularly measuring their success with some of these things, good accounting, um, talking to their people, talking to their customers, getting some outside input, what begins to happen? They begin to formulate a strategic plan. Mm. And in fact, in fact, a strategic plan is something that you, it's like its like planning. It's like time management that we talked about in another episode. It's... Episode 12. Episode... 12. For the, for the viewers <laughs> or the listeners, it's episode 12. A strategic plan is something that you should have as a business, but it should change. Mm, evolve. Evolve over time based right. upon hitting those different marks that that measurement of success so there's a step process in place where you're going from one point to another point and so if you are measuring you know where you are in that strategic plan and what so if you're behind in your strategic plan that may be okay with you it may not be okay with you but at least you have a plan right 
And the plan should be short-term, medium-term, and long-term based upon, I guess, the academics of it. So really measuring your success truly does determine your next step. It does. Very critical in decision-making. You may need to expand. You may need to contract. You may need to relocate. You may need to go into another product or service. And you need to be very nimble in this marketplace to do that. You can't wait too long because of technology. Is there things that keep us from wanting to measure our success? Are there any like mindsets or roadblocks that kind of make it not a priority? I think that, well, arrogance is one. If you think that you really have nailed it and you don't need any help, that's kind of stupid. But some people operate on stupid. The second is that you're afraid to, you're afraid of the bad news. You don't want to face it. You don't want to. You don't want to face the fact that maybe you really aren't as successful as you'd like to be. Right. That's a tough thing that you need to get over because realizing that you need to change is very helpful. I mean, if if you can't change and you're doomed to failure, that's one thing. But that's very rare that you're doomed to failure. Right. Most businesses can adjust and turn around, like people can adjust and turn around. Yeah. So the mindset that of Don't tell me I'm afraid of finding out the truth. That's also equally stupid. Um, What else would be an obstacle to keep you from measuring your success? I guess if you really don't have good metrics to know what success looks like because you haven't defined it. That's why you do need to come up with a budget as Mm. a business and goals, targets. If you don't have anything to shoot for, you don't know whether or not you're successful. And I think there should be regular times that you as a business owner with your team or even alone should do a retreat in which you reflect upon all that you've accomplished and what you want to do. So there needs to be set points of time when you sit back and evaluate your success. So you can actually, an obstacle could be if you never take the time to, to sit back and reflect upon what you're measuring. So what I'm hearing you say is you need to establish a rhythm of measuring your success different kinds of ways and not wait for the crisis to happen. Correct. You know, planning, this is a natural, common thing that we're doing as a company or in my endeavor to build something and accomplish more good in the world. I need to have a rhythm of measuring my success and not be a scary thing like you were mentioning before but it just being part of what we do, a given. A given. And I would add another kind of wrinkle in this. Okay, it's not a bad idea for you to anticipate what a crisis would look like and mm. how you would handle it. Interesting. So <laughs> waiting for the crisis to come and then deciding how to handle it is probably not a smart thing to do. Part of of measuring success is measuring failure and what you're going to do if there is a failure. Is there a way to identify possible crises that are coming up? Yes. There is a way. Okay. To um, anticipate different crises, but it's going to depend upon the type of business that you're in. Right. What service and product. I'll give you an example. So if it's a product... Yeah. And you're getting this product from a particular part of the world. 
and the government is threatening that they're going to put a tariff on any products that are are sold or are delivered from that country that's a crisis because now in order to buy that product it's going to cost 25 percent more than what it cost you before yeah so you can anticipate well maybe what i need to do is find another source of that product in another country that's not going to be hit by that tariff that's a good example dad and another example would be maybe there is a technology that possibly the technology is going to be developed and if that technology comes out it's going to make whatever your service or, or product is it's going to be no longer um, valid yeah it's not going to be relevant it's going to be obsolete we saw that with the whole um, evolution of on-demand videos <gasps> and like podcasts and yeah blockbuster went out of business because it kind of did not Basically, uh, Netflix was his competitor, and they kind of snubbed their nose at Netflix. There's a whole story on that. Yeah, and book. therefore, they lost pretty much everything. I don't yeah. think you'll find too many. I don't think there is a blockbuster. I, I think there might be one in Alaska, I think, left. I think you're right. There's one blockbuster left. But the, the point is that anticipating the change in technology, you could see it coming and then changing. Or, um, you know, as an accountant... We're, there's a threat possibly that the compliance work that we do as far as auditing and, and reviews may no longer be necessary. Or if they ever change the tax law, which I doubt, uh, the prep- preparation time to do tax returns. See, anticipating the crisis and what you're going to do um, is very important. Yeah. And not only measuring your success, but identifying where you might have a failure. And again... It's a rhythm. It's like it's a rhythm. you it's, have to keep yes. going back and going. What's what is happening in our culture? What's happening in the in the market? What's happening in our books? <laughs> like right. What is going on? And not being afraid to keep asking that question and not being content with what you have already achieved. Right. It's striving for more. In a healthy way. Yes, without a being a neurotic way. Yeah, that's kind of the goal. Yes. Healthy striving with no neurosis. No neurosis. <laughs> I can picture a t-shirt, a no neurosis t-shirt that we should probably come out with. A smart good. Is there anything else you want to add in closing? In closing? Yeah. I would just, you know, the final words I would have is that you need to be vigilant in measuring your success you need to be establishing a, a calendar, a um, rhythm to do it, and that will keep you on the right track. That's all I have to say about that. Sounds good to me. Good. As you know, we have been closing out our episodes this season with something that we call a mindset focus. Now, this is a mindset that you can apply to your week because we really believe that what we focus on in our mind and what we speak to ourselves helps shape our choices and influences our decisions even in our business which ultimately will affect how much good we can truly achieve 
So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a mindset focus for you to think about. And on Instagram and in our show notes, there'll be a little link that you can download the graphic that has this mindset focus. And you can just use it as a visual reminder of this week's practice. You ready? Take a deep breath and let your brain absorb these words. I will establish a regular rhythm of measuring success to keep me on the right track. I will establish a regular rhythm of measuring success to keep me on the right track. Smart Gooders, you may be surprised at how much success you have already achieved. So don't be afraid of getting real with the numbers. Numbers are your friend and they will pave a healthy and realistic path for you to achieve even more success. All right, now get out there and do some good for this world. Lord knows it needs it. Till next time. Hey, Todd hangs out on Instagram. So you can be Insta friends with Todd if you go and check out his handle, which is at Todd underscore Polinac, which is spelled P-O-L-Y-N-I-A-K.